Hi, friend. This is Georgian Banoff, and I want to welcome you to my podcast, The Cost of Freedom. Today, we bring you part two from a powerful conversation that Georgian and Bill Vanderbush had with our School of Supernatural Ministry students about what it really means to be a new creation in Christ. Listen in as they dive into radical and revolutionary grace. A, co- a common point of theology, be theologians in the, wow. in the room, is, well, we're made... Adam was made in the image and likeness of God, but we're made in the image and likeness of Adam. And that thought is often used to reinforce the sin consciousness and sin identity within people. But Romans chapter 3, Paul makes the statement, says, Don't lie to one another since you have put off the old man and have put on the new man who is made in the image and likeness of the one who created him. So Paul's got this revelation that, No, you're not made in the image and likeness of Adam. In Christ, being a new creature, you are, you are made in the image and likeness of God. Old you is dead. Old citizenship, done away with. All things become new. Now, here's where, now here's where, to me, it gets really exciting for this message. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Here's where it gets exciting. We've never rehearsed that. This is just spontaneous chat. You, you guys are getting in on the conversations we have when nobody else is around. This is where this, this is all fun. we talk about. This is what we talk about. This is uh, meat. This is what we, we, we so we just decided to bring our conversation out here into the room. So, so there. Listen, there's a lot of there's a lot of ministries and people, well-meaning and and wonderful, that are saying we can eradicate human trafficking and child slavery, and they'll and they'll name a year. 2021, 2026, whatever it happens to be. Uh, in terms of how many people that they're freeing in proportion to how many people that there are. But what it doesn't deal with is how many people are continuing to be enslaved. Because the fact is those who are child slaves right now will not be children in 2021. So, so you're dealing with a concept that only touches upon the symptom but doesn't tackle the source. Okay, now, I just got a theory I just want to throw out. I think God has given global uh, uh, an access to a joy that, again, joy is your strength, an access to a level of strength through an unreasonable, religiously offensive amount of joy that is going to be required in the days ahead because this message is going to so deal with the entity of the slave master in the hearts of of religion and within the hearts of the slave masters of the world that what God's, I believe, given you in Romans 6, 7, and 8 is a key to actually literally eradicating spiritual slavery and physical slavery as well. Exactly. Because that's the thing, is how do we end this? How do we shut this down? And and as far as I've seen, there's a lot of people with great ideas, but again, it's tackling the symptoms. We create homes, we create refuges, we go in there and we get them out. But until we deal with the entity, until we come into agreement with God who has declared the entity condemned. Yeah, and back to the two sons. Uh, Ishmael is not safe because he's half and half. Yeah. 
spiritually, he's not safe. Nothing wrong with the boy. It's a wonderful boy. God blessed him, took care of him. The only one that is safe is Isaac. The two boys, Isaac is safe because Isaac is supernatural. He's the type and the shadow of what we are today. Not, not 100%, but he's a type and a shadow. We are God begotten. There it is, right here. Here we are. Mm. We are, uh, there are the God begotten. Not blood begotten, the God begotten. Not flesh begotten, not sex begotten. We're the God begotten. He made us to be their true selves. The, their child of God's selves. These are the God begotten. The born again. So we, we actually re-identifying um, what is it that we are. We're redefining our identity, who we are. You know, according to, uh, give back is basic as born again. Let's figure out what this born again is. In Philip's translation says, you, for you are not mortals now, but sons of God. The live permanent word of the living God has given you his own indestructible heredity. Isaac is a type of the new heredity because he was not made by the help of the mother or the father because God intentionally waited 100 years until Abraham could no longer take pride that I did it. So Sarah could never take pride because she was barren. But God waited until Abraham became dead. Uh, his loins became dead, excuse me. And so, so Isaac was born from the right. dead. Dead loins and dead wombs. Why is that so important? Because neither one can take pride. It wasn't me. My loins were dead. I could not produce a child at this age. Sarah says I never could produce a child. So both of them were not, no involved in, I didn't do it. It's God who resurrected my womb and God resurrected my husband's loins and we came alive. While we were dead, he brought us to life by sending Jesus. So, so that, that's why Apostle Paul uses the life of Abraham and Sarah in both books, Romans and Galatians, to explain the mystery of the gospel. That you are 100% a gift. Christianity is 100% a gift, and that was proven 500 years ago. Thank God for the reformers. Because if it wasn't that, we wouldn't be here. They prove that salvation, our relationship with God, is a 100% gift. What they didn't prove is that we're 100% saints, sons, and daughters. Right. Like right. with the same heredity as our heavenly daddy. It wasn't clear for them. Right. But that doesn't, we want to honor them. I don't want to say anything right. other than thank God for what they brought us. They brought us to the point where salvation is 100% gift. No one can take credit for it. And, and had, if you receive Jesus, what he's done, you're headed for heaven. If, if you receive that he died for you, you're going to heaven. No one can stop that. But what's more, what's mm. this new millennium the revelation? The reformation isn't over. Reformation. It's the new millennium re- revelation. It's coming. Not only we're we headed for heaven, no one can change that. No one can stop us. But we're, God said, no, I want to bring heaven to you now. Yes. Yes. I want to put it in you now. I want to put my, not, not just heaven, myself. Heaven is Jesus, basically God. So I want to put myself in you. So you're not going to be a rotten to the core, a sinner rotten to the core no more. You're going to be uh, my son, my daughter, 
my saint, who I got begotten, you're my God begotten, and to the core you have me, Jesus, in the core of every born-again believer. You know what? Every believer has it. But not every believer realizes that we do not have that rotten sinner anymore in us. The rottenness is now external force, not internal. We have Christ inside. Married to Jesus, united with Christ. Come on, somebody. Come on. That's the, what the millennium is all about, the new millennium. That's what the, There's pe- a new the young, reformation. That's new, you, are, you are a part of a new reformation. Yeah. Yeah. Where, where a sin consciousness is being broken off for the yeah. body of Christ. And that old entity is done away with. No longer slaves. No longer slaves. Yes. No longer slaves. No, not only to fear, but to sin itself. Right. Sin is no longer my daddy. Jesus is my daddy. God is my daddy. Sin is no longer my daddy. And how do we know we're not sinners? It's not even that. But you know you're not a sinner, not because you cannot sin. Christians can sin, but what we cannot do is we cannot enjoy it like we used to. And that's how you know you're no longer a sinner. Because you're not good at it anymore like you used to. Yeah. Now it's a misery, plain. Let's be honest. Of course, we can sin and we do, but we we can't ever enjoy it. Right. And that tells you you're no longer that. Once you've you've tasted of the joy and the bliss, the authentic joy, the love, the joy, and the peace, once you've tasted of that fruit of the Spirit, nothing else satisfies. It's, It's irresistibly intoxicating. Yeah. To where the old slave master has no voice in my life anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but it takes fathers in love. Yes. And mothers. Fathers and mothers. And that's exactly what we're doing. We're raising fathers and mothers of love, not of law, but father, the, the new law, the and, law of love. And, and, the, and the second, second Corinthians 5. That. That God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. And he describes what that is. He says, not counting their trespasses against them. doesn't say that he was looking around for people who weren't trespassing and then chose them to reconcile. It says that he looks at you and decides, even if you're trespassing, he's not going to put that into your account because he doesn't come into agreement with the slave master that says you're mine. Exactly. Instead, trespasses or not, he looks at you and says, no, you are mine. I'm not counting your trespasses against you. I'm going to see you as if you have none. And that's how I'm reconciling you to myself. And then, if that wasn't enough, he turns to you and I and commits to you and I the same exact ministry. And this is how we free people. And that is that when you are in relationship with somebody and all of a sudden they're in a trespass, what do you do? You have a choice. You put that in their account. Do you keep that in the back of, their, of, of your mind? Is that, is that something that you count against them? No. If you've been given the exact same ministry as Jesus, the ministry of reconciliation, the definition of that ministry is that you don't count their trespasses against them. And in that, in that is the invitation to become who they really are. Because in your presence... <laughs> Look at the daughters of God right here. This is- Come on, everybody could just enjoy this because this is you. <laughs> you. You're in a safe house 
where the fathers and the mothers of this place are standing with what God the Father declares about you. Come on. We're supporting. Standing. That. Listen to that. He'll say that again. We're, we're standing with what God yes. the Father declares about you. Yes. We're coming into agreement with what the Father yes. says about you. Yes. Whoa. And not only about us as we're born again, as we've accepted, accepted Jesus, but he wants to shout that to everyone who doesn't know what Jesus exactly died for. And through us, he'll birth himself in others. So we have the ministry of uh, reconciliation, which is basically making enemies and turning them into friends. Yeah. Ministry of friendship. Yeah. That's, that's it. If you read translations, you can see it's actually basically turning the enemies, not just to forgive them. All right, I'm your enemy, but I'm forgiving you. No, you turn them into friends. Like going inside the Palestinian West Bank yes. territory and getting the terrorists to become friends. Yes. And canceling that spirit of animosity and, you know, bringing both together. Because yes. actually they're kind of brothers from yes. the same dad. Yes. Deep down. Right. Right. We right. just need to switch to the new mama. Because yeah. we're from the free woman. Sarah is the free woman. That's why we're feeling so free. Because we're from Sarah. She's not the slave woman. She's the free woman. It's not freedom in lasciviousness. It's freedom to be God's son. It's Hebrews 12. We've come to Mount Zion to a numerable company of the saints and angels who are having a party. There's a party going on to celebrate the freedom that we have under the yeah. new law. And we're all invited. <laughs> Hebrews 12, 22. We have arrived. There it is. Instead, we, we have, have come. come to Mount Zion, the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, because Sarah corresponds to the heavenly Jerusalem. We have come. In fact, we have come from heavenly Jerusalem. When we got born again, we... We're born from heavenly. We, we arrive, so to speak. We're born from it. We, eventually, we're going to go home. Where we are from. Come on. So the disconnect, and here's the challenge, because it's, it makes sense to everybody that's sitting in this room, I think, just by reaction, I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> but I get invited to speak to a lot, of, a lot of groups and denominations that the best they believe about themselves is simply this. I'm a sinner saved by grace. But that sinner identity is consistently reinforced. And it's reinforced for the purpose of making us feel good in the midst of our failures. So when we talk about this kind of freedom, don't think that this is a message that, that is accepted widely. As a matter of fact, I would say the vast majority of the body of Christ comes dead set against this. Because sin, sin consciousness, that slave master of sin... It, it is, identity. It, sin, sin consciousness is the security blanket of religion. That sin identity, that slave master, is, is the pastor or shepherd that most people have adhered their loyalty to. Yeah. And to sever from that feels insecure for so many people who've placed their, placed their faith, in a sense. Yeah. I mean... Come on. 
you know, fill in the blank. You know what I want to say here. But I'm saying we, we place our faith in something other than what Christ has yeah. done yeah. and called us to be. And instead, we spend the majority of our Christian life arguing with Jesus, trying to convince him, thanks for saving me, but I'm going to stay who I am. Yeah. I'm going to stay who I thought I was. Yeah. Because that's how I feel secure. Which is reinforced major by every major theologian. Rot, sinner rotten to the core. Don't forget it. I mean, like, don't ever forget who you are. It's kind of like an AA thing. Like, don't forget you're alcoholic, okay? Don't ever forget it. As long as you know that you're alcoholic, we'll help you somehow. Which is thank God. Thank God for the AA people. I, I'm not trying to make fun of it. But Christianity cannot possibly start and be compared with that. Because uh, how would you like to go to a, a preacher who says, I'm rotten to the core, but um, I'll try to, not to act rotten. I'm a youth pastor. Give me your children. I'll try not to be rotten uh, most of the time. I'm, I'm really working and promising. I'm uh, depraved. I'm really working hard. And I'm stuck yeah. with being depraved. And Pervert. I'm always going to be depraved. Now, how but I'll do my best to try yeah. to, you know. So, so and, and this is, I, I hate even saying that. But if right. we push it to what we're really saying in our theology, right. we're saying we're rotten to the core. But right. go ahead, trust me with your life. I mean, it's known, as the, doctrine be of, it's known nice, as the doctrine of you know? depravity. And it's, and it's preached from so many pulpits. It reinforces our old man. You, you're, exactly. Listen, your ability, your supernatural ability to raise the dead is most evident in how often we resurrect the old man. Oh. Wow. That just felt good to say. My question is, what's the difference between the... No, here, here's, here's my dilemma because we have uh, 10 orphanages. Half of them are in the child slavery country, is the trafficking. I cannot entrust my kids to a, a uh, leader of, a, of an orphanage who says, I'm rotten to the core, uh, but I'm trying to be as best as it can be. Trust me. Send me your money and trust me, I'll do my best to. What is the difference between him and the pimp that, that we rescued the kids from? Fundamentally. I'm going, buddy, you got to change your identity, who you believe you are as a believer. Because I can't, I don't know when you're going to switch in which the rotten jump is going to jump. Right. And because that's the dilemma Romans 7 guy. He says, I don't know. I really try, but I can't. I No, no, I mean it. I want to do something. I, I really want. I want to be good. Right. But then something sabotages inside me. And my very best intentions, I'm a schizophrenic. Yeah. Old schizophrenic man. Jesus didn't die for schizophrenia. Why would he, why would he shed his blood for, we were already schizophrenic. Why do more? We were already rotten to the core. Why do more rottenness? He came for new creation. If the new creation is rotten, what's new about it? And why pay such high price? He came to establish intimate relationship with us as bride. Right. 
Uh, if a person is watching this video and, and your sin identity, that old identity has become a security for you, the go-to verse, if you're familiar with Scripture, is always. But if we say we have no sin, we lie and we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. It has nothing to do with your identity. It has everything to do with your ability. In other words, if I, if I claim that I have no ability to sin, and this is the dangerous part. I think this is where people who, exactly. people who um, are, are knee-jerk reaction against a message of, of grace go to is they say, well, if, if, if I don't believe that I can sin, that means I can go out and do whatever I want and then not call it sin. But the fact is, is if we Come say on. we have no ability to sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Amen. All right? That's not what we're saying. We're not saying you don't have the ability to sin. We're just saying that's Come not on. who you are. That's the deal. Okay, that's the important part. Is that, yeah, you, every person in this room, we can still sin. But that doesn't make it your identity. And when you're in a community of people, when you're in a community of people who refuse to let you forget who God believes you are, then you're in an, the kind of environment where freedom and liberty from sin becomes the greater expression of your identity than anything that you previously thought you were. And suddenly the bondage and the chains and all that stuff just start falling away from you. And you start realizing within this community and this family of people, it's not that I'll never struggle again, but it's that when I struggle, I'm surrounded by people who refuse to condemn me. They, they condemn the entity that is inviting me into the struggle, but they affirm who God has always known me to be. And this is, this is the authentic message of grace, the truth that literally can set people free. So what we're talking about here is the, this is the kind of word that I believe is going to usher in the new reformation. We're at this 500 year mark since the, since the last reformation. And now I believe we're in the next step of this process of reformation. And that is to eradicate human trafficking from the spirit of religion that has kept us enslaved. Come on. So good. Um, here's what you just said. I just want to quote the scripture. First uh, John 5, 18. For we know, this is the New English Bible. Say New English Bible. Okay. We know that no child of God is a sinner. It is the Son of God who keeps him safe. It's not that you don't have a struggle, but someone bigger than it, the biggest struggle has committed to keep you safe. So much so, everybody knows this, the rest of the scripture, and the evil one touches it not. And the wicked one touches it not. So there is a place that Jesus carved with his own blood and his own body to make you part of the untouchable. But that doesn't happen by your own effort. Because it is he who keeps you safe. So our co-crucified, co-buried, co-raised, co-seated, all the cocoa. It's you and Jesus. You're never alone from the beginning to the end. He's the author even of the faith that you, it gets for you to believe that. He's the author of that. He gives you even the faith that it takes to believe it. So if you don't quite have this faith about this, that's okay. 
We got it. And faith keep, comes. Faith comes. It's a substance that comes through sound. You're getting it. How many are getting it? You know, and it's instant. Instant. It's not like slow. You know, it's instant. It's, it's in us. And that's how, that's how we're going to transfer this. That Jesus... Of all kinds, co-parents, co-seated, co-heirs, co-married, everything is Coco. And you, and, you, and you may, listen, sometimes you may not understand that how free you got yeah. or how you got free, yeah. but we don't understand, uh, we don't understand first and then get faith from our understanding. Yeah. Hebrews says, by faith we understand. I have faith first. Yeah. I don't have to understand. I just have faith. And then from faith, you may get understanding, or may not. But your lack of understanding on how you got free does not need to put you back into a place of bondage. Just settle in your heart by faith. Christ has set you free. And come, hang out with us. In the new reformation. And we're going to do it together. Yes. We're going to spread it together. And we're going to end together the slavery, we're going we're gonna to get the pimps out of work. We're going to say, sorry, you got to find another job because ain't can't doing this. Together. Come on, say together. Yeah. Uh, in fact, if you want to hear a little more of, of this, because we want you to partner with us. If you could come and be part of our student body, we will love you too. You look at our happy students here. So that's, that's you. But if you say, I, I can't, but I, I want to partner in some way, you can. It can help us. Did you guys have fun with us today? Good. Wow. More of that. Revolutionary. Revolutionary. Revolutionary freedom. Catch this. We're talking about the ending of, of trafficking. The ending of child slavery. The ending of spiritual slavery. Come on. And providing a different lifestyle to the children. Yes. Not a continuation of slavery spiritually, but providing a freedom. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Providing houses of moms and dads. Come on, somebody. How many want to be part of that? Wow. Lord, like, we just release right now. Release your power, your ability, your love, your grace. And your finances and everything that heaven has to empower us to end this horrible thing for children and, and change the world. So the next generation don't have to deal with this issue. Other things, but end together. And Lord, bless the sons and the daughters, the saints of God. Come on, say that's me. I'm part of the saints. Yeah. Hey, thank you for listening to my podcast. I trust our discussion today was helpful and encouraging to you. If you have any questions or comments, you can send me your email at gb at globalcelebration.com. I'd love to hear from you. And may the freedom that Christ pays such a high price for you to have be yours today. This is the Cost of Freedom podcast. I'm Georgian Banoff, and I can't wait to see you next week.